This is the Growth Gossip Podcast, where we talk about growth. But what exactly is growth? We are going to find out what's behind this buzzword. Hosted by yours truly, Michal, of Yoke Workspace and Community in Krakow. And me, Romeo Mann, founder of Mann Digital. You're the man. <laughs> hey, Romeo. So who do we have in the studio today? Hey, Michal. Today we have Simon. He is a sales effectiveness consultant for different tech companies, including Google, T-Mobile, Cisco, and a bunch of other companies. We will talk today how he went from selling door-to-door in U.S. while he was a student and into the psychology of, of that sales, of starting conversation, to consulting big tech companies and look into the journey and dive into the minds of people. That sounds interesting. I, I, I really hope he sort of goes beyond that sa- pushy sales tactics kind of a thing and gets into how to do it properly. Yeah, let's see that. All right. Hey, Simon. Welcome to Growth Gossip. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Hey, Michal. Welcome. Hey, good to see you guys. Good to see you again, Michal. Simon, we know each other for some time. And you, I, I like to say that you are this uh, sales guru, right, <laughs> of, of Poland. You work with a bunch of interesting companies and you have a lot of stories. This, this show will be fun because, you know, from door to door, U.S. type of sales to working with big companies like Google, T-Mobile and so on, Cisco and many more. It's an interesting journey, I suppose. So I am really thrilled to have you here and I, I cannot wait to, to, to go into the, to the stories. So tell us at the beginning a bit more about you, what do you do and what's the story about all this sales effectiveness? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. I'm really happy to, to join you and, and to share some of my stories. So there's a couple things I'm doing now. And it's always hard, right? Because, you know, if you have a longer list of companies that you're involved with and people are like, so what, what do you do? I'm like, how much time do you have? <laughs> right? But, well, there are a few things that I'm str- more involved mm-hmm. than the other. So as you probably know, like the main business I'm running is, is a consultancy firm mm-hmm. called North Star Consulting. And we've been running this for over like eight years now. And basically, it's a company that helps with B2B sales. Mm -hmm. So we've been active all over Europe, already have offices in Krakow, Slovakia, Estonia, France, and actually working on opening new ones. So what is this B2B sales? What do you mean by that? Yeah, so basically what we're doing is we're helping set the processes, set up the strategies, and literally get the sales for all types of businesses. So we've been, just like you mentioned, working with big corporations like Google, T-Mobile, Cisco, Intel. We've been working with unicorn startups like Bolt, Mm -hmm. for example, where we've been responsible for the first B2B strategy for Europe and Africa. And many, many mid-sized software companies, startups, or accelerators, investors. So most of all, we're helping them build a framework of sales so they can literally test their approach, they can verify it, and then scale it. So just to get this straight and simplify it a bit, what's wrong with these companies that they need help? There's nothing wrong. <laughs> or, well, most of them, <laughs> they're okay. Uh, but it's just like with your own personal development. You know, if you're doing sports, you can always be better. You can always be faster. Uh, and sometimes the little things make a difference from starting in just, you know, local you know, runs or local championships and going more regional, global. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? So this is, this is what we're trying to help. Like we're focusing mainly on tech companies because they do have a lot of potential in scaling, but also it's harder to sell some of the super innovative ideas. So it's not like, you know, just come and say, hey, do you need a car or do you need an apartment? 
you know, a lot of times the, you know, the things that the value that those companies bring isn't defined fully. And this is what we're trying to help. We try to help them define the value mm. uh, and let the clients buy, not make them buy. Because this is the main difference. And you probably heard a lot about, you know, the pushy sales guys or, you know, the door-to-door guys that come in and sell with their knee and the elbow. And they're like, come on, another objection. No. But, but to be fair, you know, this is, this is what really works and what makes the difference between just pushing people into buying and literally selling and scaling those, that sales. Yeah, we will definitely go into this experience of selling door to door, as you mentioned, but yeah. I, I, I cannot uh, hold back. Like there is this big company Bolt, right? Like they are, everybody knows about this company, Estonian success. I think let, let's be clear. Cause I think there's a few big companies in the world called Bolt. I think there's one more in the US. We're talking about the Uber type of boat, you know, right. the, the, the Uber of Europe. Yeah, they don't <laughs> like it for sure. But <laughs> so the sharing, uh, car sharing company, right? So these guys hired you guys to do what in sales and why, why they need, because, you know, when I think of Bolt, I think like, okay, they are kind of a big organization. They can really do things on their own. Why do they need? consulting guys from Krakow to to help with sales in Europe and like what are you bringing on the table for them well first of all we you know we're pretty funny okay. right so so you know we can crack some jokes and you know have really good atmosphere when we're meeting people now of course I'm joking but I think that, that's not <laughs> enough right <laughs> yeah but that was a good start yeah no, the main, the main thing that you have to think about is that every single company, doesn't matter if you're Bolt, which is valued for, what, eight, nine billion dollars now, or if you're T-Mobile or Google, you always need help in some areas, right? Like, it's not that they're saying, hey, we need a tool for, you know, collaboration and work in, on spreadsheets. Let's build another Excel. No, mm. they just buy it for example, from Microsoft or, you know, Google did that. They bought, they built it, but after some time, right? But usually you need help on software, on processes, and you don't want to reinvent the wheel. So that was kind of the idea from Bolt's management that they received a quite decent funding to start Mm -hmm. a new business line, which was B2B. And they didn't have time to reinvent it, to build it from scratch. And they wanted someone who understands the market someone who understands the processes and someone who can do it just with a more agile approach. And so, so how would a B2B for Bolt look like? Like, because, you know, I know I can just use my phone yeah. and I call a, a Bolt and that's it. I, I don't <laughs> get this B2B part. Yeah. So, so the B2B part is that we don't sell to, or we didn't, the, the, the guys didn't sell to individuals. They would just knock on the corporate door. So okay. they would go to a, like a big bank or a company that has 100, 500 people or a couple thousand people and say, hey, you're using taxis, a lot of taxis, and you're probably losing a lot of money on that. Mm. So how about we charge you 30% less? And people don't have to pay and bring you those, you know, receipts and the accounting hates them. But you can get one invoice at the end of the month and everyone gets paid from the corporate card. Of course, you know, this is a quick summary, Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the main value. But they needed to actually go and explain the value. They had to change the, you know, COO or the HR person's idea on how taxis work and how they can save money on that or you know like just make uh, accounting more happy mm. right okay uh, okay yeah. so do you consider like you work with with bolt on this but you also work a lot with technology companies that sell more sophisticated technologies or there are teams of developers and we know that in Poland and in this region we have very good developers hands in west they they look at this so how do you see you know selling you know the taxi <laughs> and then selling full on augmented teams with very sophisticated technology like for me it's like how do you make the shift and how 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 what are the main differences and how do you sell them 
Well, for a lot of people, it would be much different just because one, you can look at as a boxed service, right? Hey, I'm just literally getting a SaaS platform where I can just plug in my corporate card and people start riding, you know, taking yeah. rides. And then the other side, you're, you have a team which can build anything. But in reality, the beginning of the conversation, the value proposition discussion is the same. Like I literally have to sit down with someone because there's a person on the other side. That's why we're focusing on B2B. We need to get deeper into what are their needs? What is the situation? What frustrates them? Or what, you know, what brings the most stress or pressure in their life? Pain their, points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then based on that, kind of verify, okay, do I have a solution for this? Can I help you with soft piece of software that I have? Can I build something from scratch? Do I have some sort of experience or, you know, mm, some domain experts that can help you directly? And that's where I actually go into case studies, uh, into client stories versus, you know, showing a platform. And, and that's kind of it. And of course, at the very end, it's, you know, th that's the, the difference in sales because I literally sell hours of developers, mm. but there was a whole idea before it. So, so when people hire me, for example, software companies, they don't hire me to, you know, to start selling Java developers or .NET mm. developers. Actually, they want me to box those developers around a certain idea, a certain vertical, a certain business story, and then take it to the market. Got it, got it. So let's, let's start with the beginning. <laughs> because this is great. Like you are here, <laughs> you are you are working with this amazing technologies, and I suppose you have a bunch of stories from your clients at the end of the day, and you learn a lot from from them. But how one becomes a sales consultant? How 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 do you get there? Because I suppose there are some listeners. Maybe they are fresh graduates, or maybe they are in corpo and they would like to change. And they see this, oh, wow, so I can have a job in which what I do, I actually uh, teach uh, different tech companies on how to sell. And I interact with so many of different companies. I can learn so much about each one of them. I don't need to be in one company. I don't want, need to be in one organization, work with, you know, two, three clients. I can diversify mm -hmm. so much. So. What's, what's the beginning? How, how did you get into sales? Hmm. Well, first of all, well, for me, th you know, there were many steps, steps and many stages. But I think the biggest step was realizing that I cannot sell, that I basically am bad at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realized that quite early. That's why I was, I was lucky, uh, lucky enough to do this. I started my first business when I was 17. So okay. that's why right now I can say I have 20 years of experience because I do. I lost my first cash when, you know, I was even 16. So, you know, once you start failing, you start thinking about what can you do better? Mm. How can you approach this? So what were you selling at 17? Um, <laughs> yeah, when I was 17, well, actually, I even did some things before, but the big step was I opened a company where I was selling surveillance cameras operated through internet in 2002. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, <laughs> right? And, well, you know, of course... the curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was quite, quite new. Uh, but the, the cool thing is that basically my uncle, who lives in U.S., had already a company for like three or four years like that. Okay. Uh, and he just started to work in Poland. So, so he took me first as, a, as just help for Poznan trade shows, which are the biggest trade shows in Poland. Okay. Uh, and we were, you know, exhibiting at the at the security trade shows. And, you know, that was the first time when I got into sales and business. And I, you know, even though I, I knew I can talk to people and I can try to sell and, and my uncle was like, yeah, if you sell something, of course, commission goes <laughs> with it. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 18. But then I realized, you know, I can say anything and people just won't buy. <laughs> and my uncle, you know, he just smiles and shakes a couple of hands and then people start, you know, start buying. So that was the time when I realized, okay, maybe need some help with this. <laughs> and, you know, I just started selling because uh, I thought it's a good move. But my uncle, he gave me really good advice, which I didn't understand at the time. He said, you know, when I asked him, okay, so how do I sell? How do I, you know, become great at this? Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, just, just build trust and be yourself. 
I'm like, wow, that's so deep. <laughs> and of course, I didn't understand that. <laughs> Be yourself and build trust. But obviously, you know, it's been like, I think two years when I've been running this. It's been ups and downs. So I, I had situations when I went to meetings because I actually, I was okay with picking up the phone and calling up some companies and saying, hey, I got some great cameras. You know, you know, you have five, 10 stores around. You can literally open your laptop and see what's going on over there. That was a big thing. You know, people still use dial-up. Some people might not know even what dial-up is. So, and those guys, you know, they were excited about the product, but they never bought. Mm -hmm. And then I had just random people coming over and saying, hey, I just have this, you know, one house in the mountains and I want to buy, you know, like 20,000 slotties of cameras from you. And I was like, are you crazy? But mm. sure, okay. Right, so so that, at that point, I was serious about, okay, I need to quit this and I need to learn how to sell because I'm not controlling this. And I, actually, when I look back, I'm, I'm happy that I was mature enough to, you know, just to say to myself, hey, you know, you're not good. You should <laughs> do something with it. Yeah, and then I met my partner from today, <coughs> Eric, Eric Wesner, who, uh, who was working for this crazy company in the United States, this company that does door-to-door -door sales. Yeah, so, so basically... You he, were in uni, right? Yeah, yeah, he just met me, like I was first year in, in college here in Krakow, and he met me at the quarter and we just started talking. Uh, of course, me having an uncle in U.S., visiting U.S., we just started the conversation, and he's like, hey, you know, we're doing this, this great program, exchange program for students. Maybe you want to come over and take, you know, look at the presentation, which I did. And then I stayed there five years mm -hmm. uh, at the company. But so, so Eric had a presentation at the uni about this, some kind of work and travel. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. so it was, it was, yeah, it was a program where you moved to us for like three, four months and you work for a publishing firm. So what you do is you go door to door selling kids' books and Bible, right? So you know if you take you know put it short, you can say that you're a human version of email spam, mm. right? <laughs> but so I, I, I'm curious now. Can we can we simulate one of those? Sure. Like let's say that yeah. uh, Mihao is a you know at home single. No, I don't know. No, he do, he cannot no, be no, single. No, no, because you, you need you, to have you kids. Need to have you need kids. Have kids. Yeah. Need to have uh, so homestaying mom. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or dad, yeah, or dad. <laughs> but uh, majority were moms, right? Yeah, well, like, if, if you're single dad, you would buy. If you're married uh, and you're a dad, I wouldn't talk to you. I would actually make it my way to, to talk with the mom. Mm. So I, I still remember, even though I, my last year on, we call it the book field, my re last year with that firm was in 2009, but I still remember the, you know, the sales talk. So sure. So you can. So, so let's, let's simulate it, right? <laughs> so let's yeah. Do it. So, so I'm, I'm knocking on the door. You have no clue who I am. You never met me. I didn't call. You didn't get the card or anything. It's just cold knocking. Which region of uh, US? Yeah. Maybe? Do I have a gun or not? <laughs> you can be in Texas. I was selling in Texas. So <laughs> Austin was okay. Yeah. If you go to rural, rural areas of Texas. All right. Then. All right. So, so you're knocking. <laughs> I open the door and say, can I help you? Hi. Hi. Can I help you, sir? Yeah. Yeah. You must be the mom here. Yes. Hi. You're probably Judy, right? Simon. Nice to meet you. Hi. Sorry for my accent, but I'm an exchange student from Poland. Okay. And I'm actually, I'm the one who's responsible for sitting down with all the parents here in the XYZ school district here in Austin. Okay. Yeah, explaining a couple study guides for the kids. And I, actually, I was just talking with Judy Johnson down the road. Right, I know her. with Rebecca, you know, the big house with the big red roof. Yeah. Yeah, and I wanted to stop by for, for a few minutes. And sorry, I'm in such a rush, but mm. I have to catch 30, 30 families every day for, for this program. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I literally have like 10, 15 minutes. But, uh, yeah, you know, if you're okay, maybe you have a place we can sit down. I can really show you. Because you have books for kids, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess you haven't heard about this? No. Oh, okay, sure. Let, let me back out. <laughs> okay. So, so, so let me back up. So, so like I mentioned... I'm an exchange student from Poland. Right. Yeah, I'm explaining a couple of study guys. This is something to help with com homework and just make it faster, prepare kids for college, etc. And this is something that a are, lot of are these really expensive? Oh, of course. Yeah, they're like two, three million dollars. But you know, we have a, we can have a play payment plan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but 
No, no, this is something that a lot of families from here have been getting, just like the Johnsons and Rebecca. And oh, I didn't it, know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you probably know Coach Stevens. He also got Good some guy. of these. Good yeah, guy. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like I mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm in a big rush, but if you're okay, you know, we can sit down for 10 minutes. If you like these, I can show you how to get them. If you don't like it, that's no big deal. Literally takes 10 minutes, but we can even maybe sit down here at the porch. So, Okay, okay. All right, let's. let's I, I'm already sitting, so like I, I, you don't see this, but usually I would work with my <laughs> body language. Yeah. So, so I would literally just sit down at That's the porch, great. and yeah. and you would you would already be my presentation. Mm. So, so walk us through a bit, like what what did you do there, like because so, that's, that, that's yeah. interesting, like how, how you went. How did you feel? How did you feel? First of all, you know, I was kind of caught off guard with with your whole first of all you're like wow he knows this neighbor and that neighbor <laughs> like this person either did their research or, or at least there's someone who's in some way connected to the community around me it kind of creates some context uh, a second thing was you also expressed some background about yourself as being a foreign exchange student from poland uh, you might have explained why you might have some detectable accent so at least not so less cautious because uh, i have a better understanding of where you're coming from right because opening my door to a stranger at least now i know okay this makes sense oh that makes sense and another thing was that you kept repeating that you don't have much time which is great because I probably don't have much time. <laughs> so I, I'm glad that you don't have much time because I don't have to explain that I don't have much time <laughs> to listen to you because I got something yeah. cooking and yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, so, so to be honest, it took me four years to understand the words that I was saying. I, you know, because I, when I first came to US, I just got a sales book, right? A sales talk and I just had to, you know, learn it by heart. And I just had to say it you know, in front of the people. And the first year when I was there, or the first couple of weeks, I had to knock on about 60 doors to get 30 conversations. And that was my goal for every day, 30 mm. presentations. And then from those 30 discussions, I had about 12 to 15, we call it sit down. So it was like a whole cycle, 15, 20 minute presentation. So sit down that you sit down on the yeah, porch. Yeah, I, I sit down on the porch or go, you know, to at the kitchen table or mm -hmm. the, yeah, just, just sit, literally sit down. Cause, cause that was another thing. People don't buy when they're sta standing. People okay. buy when they're sitting down like this. Basically they have to have this thing going on. Like you're more relaxed and you're more open to get information, but, but it, you know, step by step. And, and, and basically from those 15 conversations, usually I got like one or two clients a day and I've been working for four months, right. For, you know, for that year. My fifth year, when I was selling, of course, I got way smarter and way better with my tone of voice, body language, mm. you know, the names, mm. referrals, and how I use all those tools. I usually knocked on like 30, 31 door to get 30 presentations, to get 20 cycles, to get mm. 10 to 15 clients every single day. Nice. Yeah, but it, like literally it took me four years to understand those things. And that's I mean, four summers because this was summer. Four summers, summer. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But but if you look at it, it was four summers when I was working 13, 14 hour every day, mm. uh, Monday till s Saturday. And, you know, the hourly, I literally did like a year in four months, right? Looking at the normal, normal sales approach. But yeah, <clears throat> and looking at the, you know, the, even the words that I say, like everything mattered there. Like maybe you, you realized when I, when you said, Hey, how can I help you? I just said, hi, and that's it. Why? Because if I started shooting like, Hey, I'm doing this, blah, I'm just a sales guy. And when I'm literally, when I'm doing a cold call now, or when I meet people at, at a conference or when I was knocking back in us, when you say hi, and you look at someone, you know, keep the eye contact, smile, mm -hmm. what are you going to do? I'm going to say hi. That's a conversation. Mm -hmm. It's not a monologue anymore. <laughs> right? So you feel differently. And then I slowly mm. get into explaining what questions you have in your head. So your questions are, who is this person? Do I know him? Am I interested in what he's doing? Is this going to be long? And should I listen now? So I literally answered these questions in the first 15, 20 seconds, dropping things like, yeah, you don't know me. I'm an exchange student from Poland, but I've been around. Literally the, the couple words were like, 
I'm the one who's responsible for sitting down with all the family. So in, in your head, subconsciously, you're like, oh, he's responsible for sitting down with all the parents in the school district. So we need to sit down. <laughs> so you already visualize that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so now when I literally when I'm sending cold emails or when I'm approaching some people and say, hey, I'm the one responsible for talking to all the startup CEOs of IoT companies here in Krakow. And if you're an I IoT startup company, you're like, I need to talk to you. You have fear of missing out. Wait, but when you say that, like, how true is it? Well, I decide if I'm responsible or not. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. Mm, that's questionable. <laughs> well, of course, you know, I, I did get those questions in US. Are you from the school district? Right. So, so. Because for some people, it sounded like this. I right. was, I needed to be quite open. No, I'm not with the school. I'm just on a summer program. But mm -hmm. the summer program, but you know, the, the goal of it is that I sit down with every single family in the school district. Mm. And that's where I drop some names. Mm -hmm. And names are magic because just like you mentioned, I'm a stranger until I say, yeah, I know, you know this neighbor and that neighbor and this neighbor and that neighbor. And then you're like, oh, he knows everyone. And he's, you know, he's responsible for sitting down with everyone. I'm the only one who doesn't know what's going on. Right. I'm missing out on it. I need to sit down with this dude. And I need to listen closer because this uh, is important. Stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's today the power of networking, right? So if you're a student, if you are someone who wants to change their job or wants to get in a totally different uh, industry, you know, going into events like Open Coffee or going into different networking yeah. places where they can meet someone, maybe they work together or not, but later on they can refer it back. Like, I remember mm -hmm. when I came in, in, in Krakow as a foreigner, like I, I didn't know literally anyone here, but the idea was to, one, network, to get few clients who can later on refer me, and then only with these two things, then I already knew the community, right? Like, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then I, if someone can say good things about me, that's it. I mean, I, I just build on that. That's, that's a snowball effect. But I would even take it further. So with people that want to do sales, they, you know, want to open up new conversations. Because it's really hard. Like if you want to approach someone doesn't matter if you want to approach them in an event or you know email them cold call them that's that's really hard right people are like okay but why would they want you know why would they want to meet with me so if you if you prepare it like i remember when i well when i came back from us i i had a marketing agency and i didn't know anyone i spent the last five years in us i didn't have any contacts and i just finished college i was a 25 year old boy you know, that thought, hey, maybe I can do some business here. But since I knew the power of like processes, of sales, of, of referrals, I just went to two or three conferences. And when there was really nice speakers from cool brands, I just approached them after their presentations and said, hey, that's a great presentation, Michal. Can, can, can we grab a coffee? I got some questions. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you feel like a star. So you'd be like, sure, sure. yeah, let's go and talk. And then I pitched you my idea. I was like, hey, I have this digital agency, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not interested. But I already talked to you. So the next guy, next guy I would be talking to, I said, hey, just had a conversation with Michal, you know, the star. Yeah, maybe you want to talk. And so this is interesting, Simon. Maybe a lot of our listeners will not necessarily do sales, not all of them. Maybe some will get inspired. But I suppose everyone is doing networking in a way or in another, right? Parties, events, you name it. Like you socialize, you 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 mm -hmm. go in a community mm -hmm. like like yoke and you know you you have this environment of networking. So let's do a you know small course, same setup. <laughs> we are at the conference. You are, you know, a fresh grad. You, you want to get into, into tech, let's say. Michal is an owner of a tech company. He just had a, he, he didn't have a speech. He's just there, okay. you know, and you need to connect with him. Cool. Let's see how this yeah. conversation would go. Just a small simulation of uh, uh, networking. Uh, I, need, I think I need a second to get in the headspace. All right. 
All right. So you're you're a tech owner of a tech business. You are at the conference, and I want to start talking to you. Right. And he just wants to start right. to talk. That's I want to start a conversation, and and this is this is interesting because like even literally last week I was coaching one company on how to do this because you don't have to be a grad to have the fear of approaching someone. Like you can be a twenty, you know, a guy with twenty years of experience in business, and when you go to a conference. You still can have the fear of approaching, especially someone super known, or even just approaching random people, because it's super uncomfortable just coming up and say, "Hi, how are you?" Right? And yeah, and <laughs> j- just to mention, like these companies pay a lot of money to go to some of those conferences. Like if you're from yeah. Poland and then you go to London, you pay a b- lot of money for you know the tickets, the accommodation, the transport, and everything. And then you don't know how to talk with these people, right? <laughs> and your objective as a business owner, let's say, it's to talk to as many people as possible, right? But now we are not. Now he's just yeah. a student. I'm just a student. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's so do it. of course, of course, there's different things I need to think about. Like, what is my goal? Do I want to sell something? Do I want to get hired? Right? Do, do I just want to start my network and just you know start talking to you? But yeah. Okay. So I. Let me ask you just real quick. Sure. Like, what state of mind do you want me to be in? Do you want me to be Mr. Open-minded? Do you want me to be Mr. I don't know, focused on something else? Or do you it's want up to, to you. It's uh. up to you. <laughs> All right. Be That's, me how. Yeah. Be me how. Okay. Well, you know, you can be, you d- don't be over open, over, y- yeah, yeah, over excited. I, I don't want to make it too easy for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, so where do I sign? So <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first thing, and maybe I'll explain it at the beginning. When you're on a conference, when you trade shows, you don't start with those regular pitches. Hey, my name is Simon. I'm doing this or that. It doesn't work. People already feel that you're selling, mm. and people hate sales sales guys because they just turn off. Exactly, like yeah. they're thinking, okay, he's just going to talk and talk and talk and talk. So, yeah, there, there's actually a line which uh, I charge a lot to teach this line, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to give it give it up for free. We invented this with, uh, with actually with my friend uh, when we were uh, actually starting uh, starting this, this digital agency. So when I approach someone, I want to start a conversation again, but I want them to to discuss with me. So my line when I'm approaching someone, it doesn't matter if you're you know this big fish or just a regular guy at a conference, is, "Hi, how's the event?" and how do you respond? The speakers are more interesting than I thought they would be. Hmm. Okay. What about you? What do you think? Okay. Thank you. And you got me. <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest, I used this line already for like 12 years. Mm. And going to different conferences, approaching, like probably one of the most known brands is I approached and managing director of MasterCard in a big conference in London, a lot of people from fintechs, banks, it doesn't matter. Like usually when you approach someone, you know, you just catch the eye contact, start smiling, and you start just start like, hey, how's the event? Or how's the, how's the trade shows? Mm-hmm. How are the trade shows? Yeah, usually people respond shortly. It's good. I like this. I like that. And then they're like, how do you like it? And that's already, again, a conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But of course, here, the the main thing is that it shouldn't be about me. So usually I would say, hey, actually, I I thought the speakers are going to be better, but I like this and this guy. But yeah, sorry, I'm Simon, by the way. And now what you're going to do, you're going to introduce yourself, right? Because we already had a conversation. So we start, you know, I, I said, I'm Simon, you give me your name. And then I need to be interested in you. So I'm like, oh, oh, so Michal, so what, what do you do? I'm the founder, CEO of Krypton IoT Devices. Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I, I've heard, heard about us. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah. Know. We're we're growing really quick and uh, just uh, try, trying to meet some new people here who hopefully will help us overcome some of the issues that we're dealing with as we're growing so rapidly. Hyper growth. Nice. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you. <laughs> I got you again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's that silence. Like you, you, you feel like you're, uh, there's a responsibility, like a social yeah. responsibility it, to fill in. And yeah. exa- exactly, this is nothing that 
it's you know out of the blue here i make it happen right so so i was taught uh, it's called silence management and again people that are listening they don't see this but i'm looking at mihao we have our eye contact locked in and i'm nodding my head mm-hmm. so i'm silent and nodding my head and it kind of makes you right makes you talk and you, you know th- this kind of in my past life i've I had a lot of jobs and one of them was to be a english teacher like english conversation lessons and i realized that uh, when i was doing these conversations with with people who were speaking a foreign language which they weren't so comfortable with that if i allowed for these pauses to occur that in a in a matter of a few seconds they would fill in those pauses naturally and also simultaneously they would sort of build confidence because now they were sort of taking charge they were filling in stuff and like i think gradually i would sort of condition them to not wait for me to ask them another question but for them to be proactive and uh, so that was a win win and that that's a great thing to to learn because usually people think that if they talk more if they start explaining people are listening more or they're going to catch something interesting no the 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 biggest confidence like how you how you build confidence mm. is through silence if you mm. look at this like the the best speakers people that you know are the top you know public speaking personas they don't talk a lot they're really slow with what they do they play with their tone of voice they do long pauses because it makes you think and gets your attention back and this is what you can do of course you know i've been practicing this for years uh, and that's why i can do this consciously like in a conversation when i'm cold approaching you and this is my second sentence towards you but this is a cool thing to practice like again in my past life when i was in high school i used to do a theater a mm. lot and maybe this kind of helped me you know prepare for the sales jobs <laughs> that i got later Pl- on plus so there's just less noise right cuz you're, yeah, you're you're not yeah, being yeah, yeah. bombarded with a million messages and 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 somebody jumping from one topic to another yeah. it's it's much more back to your said a dialogue a, a natural mm-hmm. conversation and not a sales pitch yeah so so when romeo when you asked me at the very very beginning so what do i do or what do i teach people in this consultancy i literally help them build the script build the text of what they have to say be- because people shouldn't think about what to say but how to say it right and that kind of makes the difference because if you're focusing on what to say at the very moment you cannot focus on how to how to you know play with the tone of voice how to do the voice inflection when to do the pauses if you know what you're going to say at least yeah, 80 90% or even 50% you're quite confident and then you can do the pauses you can ask good good questions and it makes makes you succeed i have a question for you mr yeah. expert i've always uh had this theory that when you meet somebody for the first time those that that initial impression plus just just how you start off uh, you and that person in terms of your relationship you're sort of creating roles at that instant and and that role you you might for some time that those roles might kind of carry you f- do you think there's some logic to that for example if in that initial intersection between you and somebody else you are the more dominant you are the more something something mm-hmm. that you sort of get it's it's not like concrete you're set in those roles but but that they definitely sort of carry over to how that relationship progresses mm-hmm. or, or 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 am i simply talking about first impressions no well of course you know there's different steps because you can have the first impression and the first contact and never see that person again because mm-hmm. you just didn't click and that's because maybe the roles didn't you know work like i i again when i was working in us we did have a lot of training just again some background uh, info the company that we've been working for it's still active uh, it's called southwestern advantage 
they they're 170 years on the market so we got a lot of lot of training a lot of processes a lot of knowledge that there was passed on to us uh, and they did show us different profiles of people people's character so you know there's uh, drivers i don't know if you heard about this there's like four four types mm. uh, right so there are for example drivers who are really fast they need information right away there's uh, some people that are really analytical they need data right there are some people i think it's called amiable or yeah they're like just you know they want to hug you talk about emotions right and usually we're somewhere in the middle but there are some types which are totally off uh, and for example, when, when if I would approach you in you know in Austin, Texas, but you would be a dad, and you're not a single dad, you just the dad. Usually, a dad is defending his territory, right? There's another guy coming to sell some stuff to me, and he's probably going to waste my time. So, knowing this, my approach would be different. If you're a dad opening the door, I'll be, hey, Simon, you must be Tom, right? Yeah, sorry, Tom. You know, actually. To be honest, because I'm, I'm, I'm talking with all the parents around here about some books, but I, usually it's the moms, you know, dealing with that. I, to be honest, I don't want to waste your time. Because when I was talking with Adam, he said usually the, you know, the women deal with the educational stuff. So I don't know if, if, if Jessica is around or, or do you, do you kind of take that over, you know, in your house? And, and, you know, for you, you know, this, again, this role, Maybe just playing, you know, what, what you asked. It shows that, hey, he's on the same level. He understands me. And, you know, hey, actually, I'm not the person dealing with educational stuff, even though sometimes they were. But they're like, hey, yeah, just talk to the mom. But I think that what you just said right now goes even beyond that because you're being incredibly empathetic. And instead of focusing on your needs at that moment, you're really like putting that aside and saying, hey, uh, this isn't for you. I don't want to waste your yeah. time. Yeah, but, but this, is, this is the knowledge that I had from statistics because I knew that, you know, out of 20 or 30 dads, only one would buy. Right. And out of 30 moms, 10 would buy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, would be, it, would, it was way better to sit down with the mom and the dad somewhere, you know, on the side, you know, reading his paper and kind of looking, you know, the paper if what what are we talking about but you know saying hey you know you deal with that i don't want to be involved even though they wanted to mm -hmm. right because usually the moms made the decision the dads paid right so so it's the same when i'm when i'm calling up a company and you know I'm, i take this experience that's why i took it to b2b and I i'm able to teach other companies or people processes and approaches because it's a human being buying it's a human being talking to you so when i'm calling a company and there's a sec secretary picking up right and i want to talk to the ceo i don't want to sell to the secretary mm. she doesn't have any needs regarding my software or the solutions so that's the main mistake that people do they she's the gatekeeper right? yeah exactly so what i do i just call her like hi this is simon is tom in the office that's yeah, it yeah he's busy oh okay i was supposed to call Oh really? Well, what what time was your call? I said after two. Okay, okay. So let me let me try to get you through. Yeah, but of course before I, w I would send an email that I'm gonna call, so it's not you know not lying. Mm. But this this is the difference, right? Like like you know I would send an email to like after after like a second or third approach to a person if they didn't respond, I'd say hey, not getting through with the emails. Maybe I'll just call you you know Thursday after two to see if you want to schedule a meeting with me. Mm. That's it. I didn't even ask, you know, can I call? Just, I'm just going to call. And when the secretary picks up, I don't want to explain which company I'm from, what's my last name, because she needs to feel that, you know, I'm at the right place. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, this is Simon. Is Tom in the office? Mm -hmm. and, and most of them, usually they will be like, oh, yeah, sure. And if they're like, what is this about? I was yeah, supposed so to call. <laughs> let's discuss a bit about why people are, have, why people are afraid of sales, right? Like, mm -hmm. Because for me personally, side story, I worked since I was 14, you know, child labor <laughs> <laughs> at my uh, father's restaurant. <laughs> and I knew it like in the summer and I knew it that I, I just need to be a good waiter or a good waiter assistant to get uh, good tips. Yeah, I was working mm -hmm. for the tips. So 
to get good tips you need to talk to tourists you need to help them understand what they want to do in the holidays so on and so forth so that really helps me today so i have absolutely no issues in a networking <laughs> environment or in a conference or in sales when we do sell for my company so i always was you know amazed like what what what's so hard at it like what why is it so hard to talk to people so what's your uh, take on mm-hmm. that why people are afraid of it and how can how we well, can help them first of all people are afraid of rejection right like we hate this feeling that how is you know people told me someone told me no right because when when you when you think about it we're always taught that you know in school if you want to succeed you want you need to get 80 90% out of a test you know you need to be in the first 5% of you know in a race to be the top and if you look at sales you have to have 30 40 50 conversations to get one sale right yeah. sometimes even 100 so you have to hear 99 no's until you hear one yes and at the time you, a lot of people think oh probably my product is not that good or maybe i am i'm just bad at sales yeah. uh, and another deeper thing is that people hate to be this pushy sales guy because they you know usually you don't think about good sales people as sales people you just think oh this guy is so natural mm-hmm. like you know he you know dropped some names he you know everyone knows him he's just a cool guy but that's a, that's a professional sales person a pushy sales person is going to talk 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 they're going to show you you know everything they're going to eat all the cookies drink all the coffee <laughs> and they're going to be like but please like literally i was i was i was in in london last week at a trade show and the guy stopped me started pitching me and i'm like hey man uh, actually I've, i've seen a better solution i'm i'm not interested and he's like yeah yeah but let me show you i'm like no 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 uh, well, but you know it's just going to take 10 minutes i'm like uh, sorry i don't have time please but I, i need my kpis for today and you're my last person that i can go home <laughs> i'm like okay just take the business card put my name somewhere and yeah that's it <laughs> right so that was a pushy salesperson and i don't want to be that person right so so when when people think yeah i need to sell they uh, you know visualize themselves as this pushy salesperson mm-hmm. uh, and you know it's it's not fun it's not fun like you, you know when you have to make people buy Uh, or bag for <laughs> for sales yeah you don't want to do this it's uh it reminds me so much of like the dating world in a way i mean if traditionally the, the guy is is the one who's sort of stereotypically sort of pushing and and trying to make certain things happen right and, and when he meets a girl most often and uh, yeah even but often if they just go overboard if they get too desperate right yeah. they just kind of burn that chance cuz mm-hmm. cuz the the other half will, will will feel it and just say like this is this is not for me yeah yeah, yeah. so so you have to learn to get nose you yeah. have to you have to yeah basically realize that you're going to get a lot of nose mm-hmm. right so maybe i was just lucky enough that a lot of girls told me no You're in the early stages so I'm a good salesperson now. <laughs> is it is it about just not creating expectations and just kind of sticking to your plan or and, and that way you you don't kind of go crazy inside? Well, I think I think it, it there's different ways because some people are super motivated, right? And they're just going to go and start selling and you know, they're not look at they're not going to look at you know, the the, the nose and and the time that they're burning. And some people look at this really logically. So you need to have some sort of a KPI system. You still have to verify that. Like for me, again, I was taught this. I I didn't invent this. When I was working in US, my mm-hmm. manager told me you have to knock on like 40-50 door to get 30 presentations. You're going to get 15 sit-downs and then you're going to get two clients. Of course, my first week, imagine this, you fly to US, you pay for your ticket, you have some sort of a training where, you know, Americans they're cheering, jumping and you're this uh, Polish uh, guy uh, saying, <laughs> "Where am I? What's happening here? <laughs> Is this a cult?" <laughs> right? And 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 then you go out and you work 13-14 hours a day, and my first week I made $120. Mm. $120 for 80 80 hour, hours of work. And I was like, "Okay, well, I'm just learning, you know, next week." Next week I did $150 mm. for a whole week of work, mm. right? Even in Poland that was bad. Mm. <laughs> right? 
but then I, you know, remembered, okay, it's statistics. I need to hear a lot of no's. And then I need to verify all the stages of the conversation. So if I do knock on a lot of homes, uh, not a lot of door, and I do get a lot of presentations, then I have to think about the quality of the beginning of my presentation, the value proposition, the needs, the objections, and then I go deeper. And of course, you know, like my last week of that first summer, I did make, you know, a couple hundred dollars a day, right? Or later on, even up to like a thousand dollars a day you know, after my fifth year. So, so, so it is just this knowledge of, of statistics and, uh, you know, knowing where do you need to stop and change something in your approach. And again, this is what I'm doing today. I'm helping people verify what numbers they have to hit to get into a certain number of meetings, certain number of conversations, certain number of offers, because we can get into meetings, have a lot of presentations, but people won't buy at the end. So then we need to verify, okay, is it the product? Is it the target group? Or is it the way that we're closing, right? And of course, we should learn from that. But, but this is, you know, again, a mindset, right? Because today I know that I still need to hear quite a few no's before I get the yes, but I'm not going to wait a thousand no's until I say, hey, let me change my product. Mm-hmm. So, so here's the question. Do you think it's product can sell itself or you still need that sales guy because <laughs> what's happening today right with the technology that people hate to sell they try to make products that sell themselves aka uh-huh. i don't know netflix uber you know different kind of tech companies revolut right nobody calls yeah. you from revolut to sell you revolut so maybe businesses i suppose but the question is can we escape this uncomfortable position that we are in, that this, this rejection, right? By creating mm-hmm. better products or we just need a mix. We need to, to blend in together, mm-hmm. you know, the right way of selling and, and the products. How, how do you see this? Well, if you think about it, even Revolut, they still sell. You know, they're using a website. They have the app store where, you know, they have screens, screenshots of the app. They have some description. That's, you know, the whole sales script. And they weren't like, hey, let's just put these pictures and this text here and it's going to sell itself. No, they've been testing for years. And knowing live, they've probably been testing, doing interviews with potential clients or users way before they even built the app. Right, so you're probably familiar with uh, the design sprint, right? The book, and you know, I love that approach. So, so, so this is how you can go around selling because you know a lot of people are not comfortable talking one on one and trying to sell directly. And some products you can sell remotely, like you know, of course, SaaS solutions or you know, different apps, but you still have to have a sales strategy, sales approach, and how you build it, how you you know populate this content is through interviews. So you do, you know, the same thing that I did door to door, the same thing that I did selling to Bolt or T-Mobile, you have to pitch, right? But how you pitch it? Well, you have to get get it from tests. Yeah, and sometimes you have also, you know, marketing there. So mm-hmm. if I have a startup, if I start a organization, what do I do first? Do I need to do sales? Do I need to marketing? How do I decide what to, which one to choose, what to start with? You do research. And by research, I mean, you know, get the main ideas on a piece of paper. Like, read the design sprint, first of all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then get five, ten meetings with your, with your network. So, again, what I'm doing right now when I'm consulting firms is we're doing some workshops on, for example, what is your target group? What are the personas? What is the value proposition and the main features you want to sell to them? And then before we go live with sales, I'm like, okay, you have this. Take five to ten people from your LinkedIn because you have CTOs, startup owners, whoever's the persona, you have your friends. They're going to be honest with you. Call them have a meeting with them or just have a call with them for 15 minutes or five minutes sometimes and tell them, hey, does this make sense? Is, you know, you knowing me and knowing what I do, does this communicate what I'm doing 
or <laughs> it's just uh, it's not true. Mm. I don't want to use bad words here. So um, uh, and of course, those people are gonna be honest, and this is the first test. This is the network test. And once you validate this, and they say yes, this is the good value. Th- I would n- I would use this. I would pay for this. Then you go live, and that doesn't matter if you would go with. Uh, B2B direct approach, you know, emailing LinkedIn, you know, going through LinkedIn and having meetings, or if you would pay for ads, having marketing, right? And usually the best approach, and of course, looking at B2B and bigger solutions, which are like more than a thousand euros, I would say first I would start with meetings. So doing some emails or account-based sales just to get this interaction and get not only feedback from your network, but also feedback from you know, strangers, that are verifying your idea. And once they verify this, once you have the feedback, you have clients and they tell you why they love your product, then you start investing in marketing, but it's already on tested turf, Mm. right? So, Yeah, so I think this is something that many times companies forget this contextual part, this part where, Mm -hmm. okay, how do we start the engagements and not necessarily with marketing or with with sales, but actually with With being interested in those people and with engagements. I'm very aware of time. And I usually put these questions regarding your, if you would be Simon, recent grad 2022, with the the mind that you have today, what would be your start in 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 your career and your career well, what career path would you choose okay well when i was a grad i already had five well seven years of experience <laughs> <laughs> so uh, well i actually started early right so i would say my like real professional sales career started when i was the first year first year in college uh, so of course if there are some people that are listening who are still in college i would just say hey go somewhere, you know, join ISEC, go to this work and travel thing, start doing what can be useful. So talk to people, do some sales, maybe go to the same program that I was. It's still working. You can still go there and you can still sell. Uh, fun fact, you probably know Pipedrive. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for example, uh, the founders of Pipedrive were people that went through this program as well. Mm-hmm. You know Tableau, founders of pa- Tableau and a lot of people in the sales department there in US, in UK, went through this program. So, I w- you know, there's a long list of people that went through the sales. Mm-hmm. Same thing, especially when they were in college, right? So what I would do is I would probably just get busy with different projects. I would do some volunteering, right? Because, uh, again, sometimes people don't know if they want to get involved fully. So, you know, just go fo- find a foundation or find some sort of, a, you know, even a co- community, right? And, and just do something because you're going to learn a lot. Uh, and you're going to meet people. So once you do this, it's just going to be easier for you to, to you know, start a passion or, or build a, a business that is going to bring more fun into mm-hmm. your life. That's great. And I think it's important for people who are listening, maybe they're not trying to sell us product or service, but every day we as human beings are interacting with people. We're trying to sell our messages we're trying to sell our ideas. We're trying to sort of nudge people maybe in a different direction. We are selling. So those skills are things that we use every day. It, it might be with our kids. It might be with our partner. Whatever organizations that, that we surround ourselves in. Mm-hmm. So let's not be so narrow-minded and think of it as just strict professional capacity. Yeah, It goes beyond that. And do you have some books that you could recommend to our listeners? Yeah, well, there, there's different books, of course, uh, that I went through. And there's been a lot of motivational books. So they're really good at the early stage. So I think you Can just... You rec- yeah, there's, uh, there's one which I really loved. It's called Slaying the Dragon mm-hmm. by Michael Johnson. Uh, this is a guy who won the gold medal in Atlanta. Uh, it was 1992, if I recall well. Basically, it's a guy who, who was practicing or was training for 10 years to do a 200-meter and a 400-meter sprint. But mm-hmm. for people that know sports, it's so different disciplines. And th- it was the first guy ever who won those disciplines in one event. 
and won oh, gold mm. medals. And he's basically talking about the pressure he had to manage and how he was preparing for this, you know, twenty-second run for ten years, right? Mm. And and also how he blew it in, in the middle, because like, the first five years he, yeah, he didn't make it. <laughs> but uh, you know that that was a great motivational book. So if someone right now is starting a startup or you know having a hard time with their career, just feeling a lot of pressure with their business, that helped me a lot. That book. Another book that I loved. It's called uh, "Never Split the Difference." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a book about negotiations. So it, it's uh, from a guy who used to be uh, an FBI FBI uh, negotiator. Yeah. So he he actually explains Chris the methodologies. Voss, yeah, Chris Chris Voss. So 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 he explains the methodologies that FBI uses. And he actually was teaching at Stanford. He was teaching negotiations at Stanford, and he compares negotiating with terrorists from somewhere in Asia and to asking your kids to go to sleep at seven. <laughs> and it's mind blowing how, how the same methodologies do work. And the funniest, the craziest thing from this is when I read this book for the first time, I was laughing because mm-hmm. half of the methodologies they taught me 10 years ago in Nashville, Tennessee, when I started my, my sales uh, experience. So, so a lot of those things were around or are around, and, and I'm, I'm using them daily, right? Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. you also recommended Design Sprint? Yes, and the Design Sprint. So for people that are thinking about uh, opening a startup or starting some sort of a business or starting some sort of a project, the Design Sprint breaks down really well how you validate an idea validate it internally and then validate it on the market and i think they do it within five days which is amazing because a lot of startups a lot of companies are working for a year on some sort of a product i did that i spent thousands of slotties building my startup uh, because i just believed in it and then i spent two years trying to sell it but i didn't validate it at first right mm. and and you know and, and I realized that maybe this is nothing that people want to pay for. They liked the idea, but then I never asked the question, would you want to pay for that? Mm. Yeah, that's a methodology that Google developed, right? Yep. So yep. it's kind yep. of validated. I remember Tim Ferriss, if you guys are familiar with him. Yeah, yeah of course. He also had something in one of, I think, his four-hour workweek book about <laughs> creating Google ads for a fictitious product you have an idea for and seeing if people are reacting to it or yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, mm. testing. Yeah. Right testing so yeah i i i think that's a brilliant idea whatever messaging you have i mean at least it was when google ads was much much cheaper because now the demand is huge but (laughs) i i remember i met a digital nomad from the netherlands and he was selling different pdfs actually pdfs with how to get a visa and how to live in thailand right so what the guy was doing is that he he was basically testing different countries like for uh, the dutch market so he just set up some landing page like seven landing pages with different pdfs with different countries uh with different pricing each and he just drives traffic to it <laughs> and whoever whatever pdf won he just invested more money in it and he was just making money, uh, you know, off-grid, um, autopilot, and it was rolling, selling PDFs. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was from the Tim Ferriss idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like just set up a landing page in a Google Ads. Like mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, you don't need to do much. I don't know if people today would buy a PDF of how to get how to live in Thailand and get visa. But back then, people were doing that. So, yeah. People nowadays are buying imaginary things. So, (laughs) yep, yep. Great. Thanks a lot for this interview. It was a pleasure to go into, you know, this psychology trades of different people and how to talk, how to actually make networking. And, you know, the simulations were cool. So happy to hear that. Thanks a lot for this. And we are in touch. Tell us how can people reach out to you? Well, they can find me. On, of course, I am on LinkedIn. So if someone just What do they in, need to type in? Yes. Simon Stanish with okay. SZ at the end. Yeah, they can go visit our website, North Star Consulting, nscgroup.co. 
mm-hmm. North Star Consulting Group SEO. Or they can also go uh, to our foundation because we're running a foundation where okay. we're linking foster care kids with IT guys to do some training, to do some educational programs and to help the, the marginalized groups like foster care kids or rural area children to get into the IT world because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yeah, it's that's a great. Nice. Yeah, so, so the, the, the foundation is called Hardy. So hardyfoundation.com. Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. find me there as well. Cool. And if, you're, and if you're really lucky, he might just lock, knock on your door. Exactly. <laughs> trying to sell exactly. you some useful books. Thanks a lot. And so keep your door open. <laughs> All right. Well, I learned nothing from that. No, I'm kidding. No, that, that, that was really insightful. And the same way that we learned about marketing from George in the past and how he helped open my mind to marketing and not seeing marketing people as evil. Yeah, you was a marketing pushing. skeptic, yeah. Right. I, I felt like I was going through a similar journey here with Simon, but more in the sales aspect of it, of, of, of him sort of, yeah, talking about once again how, how to do it properly, how to do it with a more human-focused mindset. Yeah, for me what was interesting is when he was telling us about the psychology traits of different people they were talking with in U.S., and I think that's super important for us maybe to be aware of when we start new conversations because different people have different needs, they have different personalities, and we need to adapt to that if we want to connect with people, if we want to have you know, a conversation, a meaningful conversation, and we care about that uh, connection then definitely we need to understand the person better. And also the silence management, as he called it. That was really interesting. Like, like in this simulation, Michal, how did you feel when he was silent, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, silence is golden, but at the same time, silence can be so powerful. Yeah, yeah and then the social connections, like mentioning someone's you know the community or someone this person knows that was also very interesting because you relate to that like it's it's a familiar face even though he was an exchange student from 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 poland so that was quite interesting and how this type of learnings what he was doing when he was student he took these learnings in today's world working with uh, different organizations like Bolt and other startups and DotPay and uh, I don't know, bunch of organizations and how, you know, these people that still are your know, mature entrepreneurs still have this fear of rejection and how important it is to actually understand the flow of a conversation. Yeah, and if you're afraid of sales because you're naturally afraid of rejection, which is a normal human thing. Just understand that, yes, rejection is going to happen. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that you can't improve your process, improve your methodology, and improve your statistics or efficiency, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so that was definitely another great conversation here at uh, Growth Gossip. Yeah, and, and one more thing. Build trust and be yourself. That's that's what we gotta walk away with. That's the that's the million dollar idea, billion dollar idea. Yeah, the uncle recommendation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you take away anything, build trust, be yourself. I think that's just a good motto in life. Yeah, for no. sure, for sure. So thanks for the uncle. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. See you at the next episode. Cheers. Take care. Thank you for listening. Growth Gossip was recorded at Yoke Workspace and Community in Krakow. If you enjoyed listening, please give us a share. Or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. See you next time. See you.